look at um we need to look at Deuteronomy six twenty three. Yeah. If somebody could take the microphone and read that for me, I'd be happy. I'm happy anyway, but I'd be happier. You got a microphone there? Of course you do. Who's got the microphone? No, who's got Oh, is it? Just read it on the screen then, Pastor Paul. And he brought us out from thence, that he might bring us in to give us the land which he sworn to our fathers. He brought you out. Why? To bring you in. So if if you got saved and, and you're out there, there is an in. But what we need to do is let go of the past in order to enter into the future. You know, if you do what's before you, you always be moving ahead. And I, I think what happens with people, it's kind of like I had this guy text me about tithes and offerings, and um, I was going to respond by text, and I said, no, I need to call this guy after. He said, my job is never enough to meet my needs. I can't do anything, and I can't go on vacation. I, but the answer to that is you were translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, but you're still living in the Babylonian system. The Babylonian system says, get what you can, can what you get, and sit on the can. Or if I could just get a better job and make more money, I'd, the more money you make, the faster it goes until you learn the principles of God. His, his plan is Genesis 8 and verse 22. As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest time. We, it's like what I'm going to tell this fellow, and I might as well share it with you while we're here, is that you don't make your living by, by, by your job. That's where you go to get your seed. You make your living by sowing your seed. He ministers seed to the sower and multiplies your seed sown and increases the production of your righteousness. So if it's not working for you, chances are, you know, lots of times I have somebody say, pray for me and I'll get a better job. Well, I can pray all I want to. God's not going to give you that better job because he loves you and he wants you to learn his principles. Better job just gets you in trouble. <laughs> Come on. You know, we've seen that. I remember Pastor Carlos Simmons had a, had a family member here in uh, I think in North Preston, that won the lottery, several million dollars. And a few years later, he was flat broke again. Because, because you always go back to your autopilot. I was comfortable here, now I'm in this realm and I don't know how to deal with it. So subconsciously you sabotage yourself and go back to your mess. And if you make more money and you got bad spending habits... He's just gonna keep doing it. So this this will help you if you want to, if you if you're interested. <laughs> no, it's trusting in Him with all of your heart, not the Sunday part, but all of your heart, and lean not on your own way of doing things. Lean not on your own understanding. You can figure it out. If you could have figured it out, you would never got saved. If you could have figured it out, you wouldn't been here today. <laughs> If you could really do it. <laughs> anyway, hallelujah. Um, oh yeah, one more thing I wanted to share before we get into word today. Uh, somebody needs to read uh, Matthew 24, 14. Put it up on the screen. Somebody can yell it out. 
preached in all the world for a Come witness. Come on, stop and start it up again. Okay. Please. Matthew 24, 14. Yes. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end shall come. Now, if you take a look at that, gospel means good news from the battlefield. When you read the first 13 verses, it's all about a battle. But that's not the end. He said, that's not the end. The end won't come until the gospel, the good news from the battlefield, is preached into all the earth. So I know you got doom and gloomers. I hear them out there all the time. This is the end, my only friend, the end. <laughs> you know, and, 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 you know, rapture anytime. No, let me help you. Read your Bible. It's not going to happen like that. This gospel, this good news from the battlefield will be preached into all the earth, not on TV, but as a witness unto me. And he said, all nations, and then, and only then, will the end come. Anyway, I got the Ben Campbell Johnson um, version here I wanted to read you. And the good news of the spirit dimension will be told throughout the whole earth so that every nation will have an opportunity to respond to it, and only then will the climax of history come about. So, so again, uh, how about Isaiah 60 and verse 2? In the world is a darkness and a gross darkness upon the people, but, and when you read the word but, it cancels out everything that was before it, but God's glory shall be seen. Seen. Not heard seen upon you. That means that a metamorphosis going on in your life right now, you need to be jacked. There's something on the inside working to the outside. Well, I just can't see it. Well, see it with your eye of faith. He said, I'll never leave you, never fail you, never forsake you. He said, I'm working in you, both the willing to do my good pleasure. I had somebody trying to preach uh, Galatians chapter 5 to me. And uh, Galatians chapter 5 is only good if you know Galatians chapter 3. No, you've you got to know that you're the righteousness of God. You've got to know that he took the curse for you, that the blessing would come upon you. You've got to know that. Then you can learn how to walk these things out. It's like if you're going to be a preacher of righteousness, you better preach you're the righteousness of God in Christ before you preach how to walk in righteousness. How can you walk in something if you don't know, even know who you are? You are not going to be someday. You are the righteousness of God in Christ, and that's how he sees you all the time. Religion doesn't see you like that. Religion's always angry, though. Religion always suffers from a drive-by wedgie. No, they're always uptight about something. Angry. You know, and proud. And I found that the more you walk with Jesus, the more humility starts to get on you. You realize, without him, I am nothing. Without him, I failed. We're not without him, though. But it's good to remember that we were. Yeah. You know, and now you're king of kings, the Lord of lords is yours. But, but even in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2, it says, uh, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. So that was like the generation that we're living in right now. You know, it's, it, actually, the word it was is the word became 63 times in your Bible. That word was void. 
was without form, was translated, became. I don't know why they translated it differently, that one verse, but it confused the body of Christ forever. God doesn't make anything. Uh, in the Hebrew, it's tohu vabohu. He doesn't make anything tohu vobohu. He, he, that's not him. He, he's, a, like, he's the creator. And so when, when, when all that destruction was taking place, he didn't come and say, wow, it's really dark out here, did he? He said, let there be light. And so even in this generation that we're living in right now, it might look like it's the worst thing that the world's ever seen, but that's when he says, let there be light. He turns the darkness into light. Arise and shine, your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen on you. In the world there is a darkness, yes, and a gross darkness upon the people, but you're not looking at that. What am I looking at? Oh, it's so bad out there. No, I'm looking at this good news of the... This good news from the battlefield is going to preach into all the earth as a witness unto me, and only then will the climax of the ages come. That's what I'm expecting. You know, to get your expector on good things. Don't get your expector on it's just getting worse and worse. It's not ever going to get better. I'm telling you, for you, it's getting better. It's going to get better. Hallelujah. Some of you get excited about it. <laughs> That he loves me. He's not mad at me. What a relief. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know anybody that can get through a whole day without messing up. But if that's you, I'm so pleased to meet you. I bow in your presence. <laughs> so it's not about your performance, it's about his. It's about his. What did he do? Not what am I doing? What did he do? He did it all for me so that I could live in him and move in him and have my being in him, in his presence, his fullness of joy. Somebody read um, Psalm 43, verses 3 and 4. 43? Yeah, 43, 3 and 4. O sin, O thy light and thy truth, let them lead me, let them bring me unto the holy hill and to thy Tabernacles. Yeah. Next verse. Next verse. Then I will go unto the altar of God. Unto God my exceedingly joy. Ye upon the harp will I praise thee, O Lord my God. Amen to that. Hallelujah. About verse 4. How about verse 4 again? Then will I go unto the altar of God. Unto God my exceedingly joy. Stop right there. Exceeding joy. In his presence is yeah. fullness of joy. Fullness. It's not I feel so condemned. I feel so guilty. I feel so ashamed. No, I thank you, Lord. I'm in your presence. I'm in your presence. When I come into your presence... I'm exceeding joyful. I pick up my guitar and I want to sing to you. I'm ready to go, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No, but he makes you, he makes you happy. Religion doesn't make you happy. Religion makes you sappy. He makes you happy. He said, I want you happy. Hallelujah. 
I better get to some notes here somewhere. <laughs> Hallelujah. Where are my notes? Thank you, Jesus. Now, uh, just a quick review, fast review. You ready for a fast review? Okay, Exodus 8.25. Now, these offers are what the devil gives you every day. You have an options. You have options. He's like Goliath. He comes out every morning and every evening. Every morning, when you get your eyes open, he's there to accuse you of something. And in the evening, he's telling you there's no God in Israel. <laughs> Pick up a rock. Hallelujah. Knock him in the head, Fred. Okay, Exodus 8.25. Offer number one. This is what Pharaoh... The Pharaoh at this particular time represented the Antichrist. And this was the offer that he gave the Hebrew people. You don't need to, you don't need to give your heart to the Lord. Somebody read, somebody read the verse. Nancy, you get the microphone there. Verse 25? Yeah, I don't have it in front of me, so you'll have to read. And Pharaoh called for Moses and for Aaron and said, Go ye, sacrifice to your God in the land. In other words, don't go giving your heart to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Exodus 8.28, continue, Nancy. And Pharaoh said, I will let you go, that you may sacrifice unto the Lord your God in the wilderness, only you shall not go very far away. Entreat for me. Yeah, that's good. So, so offer number two. One thing for, for you to start going to church, but don't you... Come on, you've heard it from relatives when you first got saved. You're going too far with this. The devil doesn't want you to go too far with this. You've really gone too far now. You're in church on Sunday, and what? You go in the midweek service too? And I come in here, and you got that Christian music on TV. You're going nuts. I said, yeah, I found the right bolt, and I got to thread it on, baby. <laughs> okay. Offer number three. Offer number three is really where we're at right now because he's saying you can't have the next generation. You can go, but you're not getting your kids. But I got a bunch of verses, but the one that comes to my mind all the time is in, in uh, Jeremiah 31, the parodical chapter, where he said, refrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears, for your work shall be rewarded, says the Lord. Your children will come back from the camp of the enemy and return to their own borders. That's a promise. So what am I supposed to sit around and wring my hands over my kids? No, I declare that promise every day. I pray it every day over my kids. Every day. Over the kids in the church, over my kids, I just pray that prayer and say, hey, you know what? Thank you, Lord. They're coming again to their own border. I don't, and, and I don't have a calendar. Faith doesn't have a calendar. Faith's not looking at the time. Faith says it's done. So put your calendar away. So they better come by this in such a time. No, you don't care if they come five minutes before they die to go to heaven. As long as they skid in and you hear, safe. <laughs> Just know this, that his promises are in him, yes, and amen. And he'll never fail you. He'll never forsake you. He won't fail. So, so the only one that can fail is me. And I'm not going to do that. Is it Numbers twenty three nineteen, the linchpin of life? I'm not a man that I should lie, 
of the Son of Man that I should repent. I have sworn that I will bless you, and I'm never, I'm never going to change my mind. Hallelujah, if that doesn't float your boat. Now, the next one, this is, this is very vital, too, because Exodus 10, 24 to 26. Pastor Nancy, could you read that again? You got the microphone there. I'm used to your voice. Exodus 10, 24. 24, 25, 26. Pharaoh called Moses and said, Go ye, serve the Lord. Only let your flocks and your herds be stayed. Let your little ones also go with you. So now he's saying it's okay, you can go with your kids, but there's not ever going to be any provision for you. You're going to remain broke. More kids and more expenses, you're going to, you'll, never, you'll never see the light. But yet the wealth of the wicked is laid up in store for the just. And if you follow this story through, that's exactly what happens. When they leave Egypt, they leave with the wealth that had been gathered up there for over 400 years. Over 400 years where the money was piled up, and they took it with them. So it's not just the money that belongs to you. It's the money that belonged to your generations past that's going to come into your life. Now, just release your faith. Release your faith and say, I'm, I'm getting the finances from several generations back. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Okay, one more. This... Uh, 1026 is the attitude you need, okay? 1026. Our cattle also shall go with us. There shall not be a hoof left behind, for therefore must we take to serve the Lord our God. And we know not with what we must serve the Lord our God until we come thither. Don't leave a hoof behind. He said, I'm not leaving a hoof behind. That's the attitude that he took on. Back in Exodus 7, verse 1, you know, God said to Moses, I've made you a God unto Pharaoh. Well, Romans 8, 14 says that if I'm led by the Spirit of God, I'm a son of God now. I just need to make sure that I'm being by, led by the Spirit of God, and now I become a weos, a, 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 an offspring of God that's re ready for the full inheritance. Hallelujah. And then Romans 8, 19 says all of creation is waiting for this waiting for you and I to manifest on the earth, groaning into veil, earthquakes and all that kind of stuff. It, it, the, the earth is alive. And under the load of sin, it's, it's rebelling. Simple as that. Okay, we're good with all that? Okay. Now we need to go to Joel chapter 2. I better get my Bible out here, I guess, at some point. Joel chapter 2. Verse 21, are you there? I know Joel's a small book, three chapters. Same as in there in the other places you've never read. <laughs> Pages are stuck together, just there. No, you need to wear this book out. If you wear this book out, you'll never get worn out. Tell you that. Anyway, Joel chapter 2 and verse 21. Fear not. That's a good way to start out. Fear not. Like in Psalm 23, he, he, he said, even, even though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will. I will. It's my will. I will. What are you going to will? Fear no evil. 
Why? Because you're with me. I know you're with me. So if you're with me, what am I concerned about? No, I mean, seriously, if you really believe he's with you, then what are you, what are you worrying about? What you were worrying about last year didn't happen. Look at you. You're still here. <laughs> fear not, O land. Be glad and rejoice. Oh, okay. So what's the opposite of fear? Get happy. <laughs> Be glad. Rejoice. You have to do that by faith lots of times. But look at this. For the Lord will do what kind of things? Yeah. Now he's going to tell you again not to be afraid. Be not afraid. <laughs> you beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring up. He said, I'm telling you, everything is going to come back to life. Just like we wait on spring in Nova Scotia and things start to come to life. Well, in your life, you're in the spring of your life right now. Verse 23. Now you know who he's talking to here in the church. The Zion always represents the church. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice. Rejoice. A fanatic is just somebody that loves God more than you do. No, no, faith gets ugly. The woman with the issue of blood's amazing to me, crawling on her hands and knees through a crowd to touch his prayer shawl. You know, that's, you know, she didn't care. She, what she wanted, people were not going to, what, what people thought were not going to stop her. You really need to get to that when you believe in God. You don't care what anybody says. Well, you, I mean, you care, you want people to like you, but if they don't, you, you're here to, you're playing to the audience of one. What does God think about me? And maybe I need to get ugly for Jesus. Maybe I need to do something stupid in his presence to keep myself down, to keep from getting proud. Be glad in you children of Zion and rejoice in the Lord your God. I mean, the rejoicing ought to be heard down the street. I'm serious as I can be. But I'm not saying get people up there and pump them up into it. You can't pump people to praise God. Come on, get up here and dance. No, if the Holy Ghost, you get full of him. If you get full of him, he'll get full of you. And you don't have to orchestrate that. You don't have to conduct that and make it happen. You just watch and see. Watch and see when people get hungry and thirsty for God. They explode. They'll do stuff that pastors will lose total control of the congregations, which is good. You know, it's just, it'll be, are you talking free-for-all? Uh, yeah, no. But yeah, so, signs and wonders and ridiculous stuff. Don't have to explain everything. Well, I wonder what that was. Now, if, but here's the thing. If I don't have to explain things to visitors, then I don't have a Pentecostal church. Right? I'll get two amens, a couple of, <laughs> couple of grunts. <laughs> don't, don't be saucy, preacher. Okay. Verse 23 again. For he has given us the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain the former rain and the latter rain, both together. The former rain is an interesting word because it's more rain zedekah. 
Moray is the king and Zedekiah is the righteousness. So what you're reading here is he said the former reign is Jesus, the preacher of righteousness, coming. And then the latter reign is the whole thing happening at once. It's kind of like when you read Acts chapter uh, chapter 3, and it says when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Is that chapter 3, chapter 2? Chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. But if you go back to chapter 1 of verse 1, Luke is saying, these form of the treaties of Theopolis, I'm writing on to you of everything that Jesus began to do and to teach. And when, when you get to Acts chapter 2, it's the first fruits, and the first fruits is what happened with Peter and the congregation there. But that was the first fruits. It wasn't the end of it all. It started there, but this is going to be that plus double that in the time we're living in. And so don't miss it by limiting your expectation. Get, no, get expecting. Just believe God that's going to move in your life at any moment. Suddenly things are going to change. Hallelujah. So the former rain and the latter rain, both in the first month. Verse 24. Now, so if this is Pentecost, what's verse 24 say? And your floors shall be full, and you're sure your floors will be full of wheat, and your vats will overflow with wine and oil. And the wheat, of course, is, you know, you're the wheat, and the harvest, you're not the tares, you're the wheat, and the wine and the oil is the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and the new birth, it's all there. Verse 25, I like verse 25. He shall restore. He shall restore. The store was empty. He's going to restore. Shalem, to be safe in mind, body, and estate. To complete, to be finished, to be full, to prosper, to recompense. Better than ever before, and twice as much, right? But then when I was reading this uh, yesterday, I, it, it hooked me up with Titus chapter 3 and verse 5. Uh, Titus 3 and 5 will float your boat too. It's just a, no, it's so powerful. Because this is what religious people need to understand. Well, we need to understand as well, but look at verse 5. It's not works of righteousness which we've done. We, didn't, we, didn't, we, we, don't, we don't have to earn any of this. All we have to do is expect it. Not by works of righteousness, which we, we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration. That's the word I want you to see there, regeneration. It's pelagenesia. It's back to the original state that Adam was in. Yeah. It means to recreate back into a pristine state, a radical change in your life. And how does that happen? Regeneration, but then he said, renewing by the Holy Ghost. I'm being changed from glory to glory, 
into the image of him. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, has liberty. Where the Holy Ghost is leading and guiding me, I'm getting more and more like him all the time. Hallelujah. And then, and then you know, who knows what God will have us do. He might have you go empty a floor in a hospital. Don't try it on your own. Jesus didn't do anything unless he heard the Father say it. But we're expecting those kind of radical things in this last day. Why? Because, well, I'll show you why. If we continue reading back here, if I can find Joel again. Joel, where'd you go? Okay. Making fun of everybody else trying to find it. Now you can't find it yourself, huh? <laughs> okay. So I will restore unto you the years that the locust has eaten. Now there is a teaching on this. I think Paula White had it out. Each one of these creatures and what they represent in, in demonic activity. It was a good teaching. I, I just don't remember where, where I saw it. I thought pretty sure it was Paula White. For those of you that don't like Paula White, you don't know what you're talking about. But anyway, then we'll leave that alone too. Okay. Paula White doesn't get everything right. How about you? <laughs> Her mistakes are public. Yours are not. Say <laughs> that uh, Paula White from ain't from God. I'm thinking the guy that wrote it ain't from God either, but that's a different story. Anyway, be nice, Gary. Okay. I restore unto the years of the conquer worm, the pack the the palmer worm, the caterpillar, and the great army which I send amongst you. Here's the next verse. And you shall you shall what? Doesn't sound like a shortage to me. There must be a shortage in eggs in the States, is there? What's going on with eggs in the States? Chickens all on strike or what? What's that? Uh, <laughs> the world. The world is so stupid, it's pathetic anyway. Educated fools. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. Satisfied is fulfilled in its yaba, and it means a glut. <laughs> like it's a glutton, right? I couldn't eat another bite. <laughs> he said, you'll be satisfied. You'll be so fulfilled. It's like when I eat lobster, I have to push the last claw down with my thumb. Lisa's going to hit some with me. Oh, she's gone. Oh, she is. There she is. She calls them the scorpions of the deep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you'll praise the name of the Lord your God because he has dealt wondrously with you. It's the word pala, P-A-L-A, and it means way beyond your power. He's dwelt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be ashamed. Right now the church is ridiculed everywhere. It's coming to an end. It's coming to an end. They're going to be coming looking for answers. Why do you know? Again, so Isaiah 60, kings and influential people will come to the brightness of your rising. They're coming looking for answers because they realize they don't have any. 
Like not everybody in the government is evil. I mean, you might think they are, but lots of times they're just misinformed. And lots of times they don't know what they're doing and then they're multiple. There's 300 of them in Ottawa. No, how many of them really know what they're doing? And then they go out for happy hour and they're gone for two or three hours and so they get happy. But who wants a drunk making your decisions? I don't. I'll tell you right now what I think. <laughs> Never be ashamed and you shall know. You shall know. You're going to know this. I'm in the midst of you. I am the Lord your God and no one else. My people, he says it again, you'll never be ashamed. Shame's a thing of your past. What are you going to do about it, God? He said, well, in verse 28, I'll tell you about it. It'll come to pass after I restore you, after I've restored everything to you, then I will pour my spirit out upon all flesh. Upon your sons and your daughters, they'll prophesy. Young men and old men dreaming dreams. Your young men having visions. And what he's really saying here, men, women, old and young, everyone walking in this life. <laughs> and also upon my servants and my handmaids in those days, I'll pour out my spirit. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood, fire, pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and, and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord. Now, the great and terrible day, you can read that also in Malachi chapter 4, where he talks about the son of righteousness arising with healing in his prayer shawl, right? He says, it's the great and the terrible day of the Lord. It's great when you know God and terrible when you don't, right? But, but verse 32 is the key here. It shall come to pass. See, because religion's trying to keep people out of heaven. <laughs> religion is ugly. Religion is ugly. It shall come to pass that whosoever shall come to my church, no, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, shall be delivered. For then in the Mount of Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, and in the remnant I will also call. Again, this Acts chapter 2 and verse 17 talks about Pentecost in the, in the first fruits. And then when Pentecost came, 3,000 people got saved the first day. But when you read about when the law was given, 3,000 people died that day. So the, the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. There was 5,000 more by the end of that week. And again, I'd like to point out, can you imagine just in the Metroplex area, if 8,000 people got saved in one week, the churches would have to stop fighting one another, competing against one another. It's, we're not McDonald's and Burger King. My Bible tells me in Colossians chapter 3 that we're called to one body and we're thankful. One body and one thing. Are we all the same tribe? No, but they're my brothers and they're my sisters. Do we all think the same? If Jesus is your Lord, I'm your brother. And we can disagree without being disagreeable. We can walk together. Amen. So that's where we're at. We're, we're not better than anybody else. But I think that um, when you get to know the Lord, it gives you a step up in life.
It puts you in that place where to know him in the power of the resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering. Romans 3, 24 through 27. 23 says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory. But he's glorified us freely. Romans 3.27 says there's a law called the law of faith. Faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. Faith in what he did at Calvary. Faith that there's bloody body. The thing that keeps me dealing with the things I've been dealing with is I see a body hanging on a tree. Bore my sickness, carried my pain, the chastisement of my peace was laid upon him, and with those stripes I'm healed. And I told somebody the other day, if I have one nostril out of the out of the water, it'll be yelling, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. You can't quit if you don't cave in. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. Let the weak say, I'm so tired. Let the weak say, I'm strong. Hallelujah. Strong. Glory to God. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.